0: I met with Francisco Zamora the morning of November 9th, 2016. That day, half of America woke up mourning the future for women, the environment, people of color, gay people, and international relations. Donald J. Trump would be our president for the next four years. Francisco gently asks. How are you doing? How do you feel? Mm. A little heartbroken. Disappointed. Disappointed? We were supposed to be talking about Francisco's restoration efforts on the Colorado River, but with a future so big, so intimidating. Conversation strayed. Mexican or American, there was not one person there that morning feeling as if the world hadn't flipped, but to the wrong side of the coin. Francisco is no stranger to hopeless situations. Next, he questioned.
1: How would you feel if a river in the U.S., runs twice. If I look back 20 years ago, I was probably feeling, you know, that way, you know, frustrated, without motivation, thinking, well, restoring the Colorado River is not possible.
0: The setting is Laguna Grande in Baja California, Mexico, a place where the river widens and stretches to house birds and bacteria and life. The estuary at Laguna Grande was created by a Mexican conservation group called the Sonoran Institute. Situated in the Colorado River Delta, the triangle of country between Baja California and Sonora, where the river 30 years before would historically reach the sea, it is their shining jewel. Once dry and dusty, the site still is that, but with gold and green willows fencing a looping trail of teal water. Native kingfishers and teal fly low over morning mist, their calls echoing over still oxbow lakes. A fixture of the Sonoran Institute for the last 15 years, Francisco has seen his river disappear in front of his eyes as the Colorado leaves his home to feed agricultural regions such as the Imperial Valley in California and Yuma, Arizona. On top of this, overallocation will only speed up with the hotter temperatures and further droughts due to climate change. Mexico is seated last to the table when it comes to water allocation. Francisco's country is being forced to forget the freedom of rivers.
1: Probably many people long time ago, maybe a hundred years ago, didn't imagine that the Colorado River at the end, you know, will be without water. That's what we have now. A Colorado River that doesn't reach the sea, doesn't reach that, you know, the end of what used to be one of the most important estuaries in the world.
0: That long-gone estuary has been filled in with mud. Covered with briny salt water when the tide rises high twice a day in the summers, the mud is moist and sloppy, unpredictable in its soft spots. And with the shadow of climate change hanging over our shoulders, the future is daunting. This does not stop Francisco Zamora. He is not crazy. Conservation may be one of the last priorities in a country dealing with drug cartels and poverty, but the Sonoran Institute is inspiring Mexicans to take pride and fight for their natural lands. Gabriela Gonzalez-Oliman, the institute's environmental education coordinator, says. If you don't know about it, you don't care about it. Mm-hmm. There's people that the institutes hire to work here. Even after they get off work, they continue teaching their kids. It's something very basic, but if, if you inspire them, they had their own idea. And, so I think it's great. This ideology shift is the first step in Francisco's plan to gain the river back.
1: It's impossible to restore the entire delta the way it used to be a hundred years ago. But anything that you do to enhance the, the, the habitat is a positive change.
0: Positive changes to Francisco look like making better use of water by maximizing its benefit naturally. Reintroducing native vegetation and species and creating a connected network of healthy ecosystems so as to preserve riparian habitats.
1: We want to have a functional habitat, water flowing on a permanent basis, enough habitat for not only wildlife, but also for economic activities.
0: Francisco says the funding for these restorations is hard to receive. Money in the government is tight, and conservation is low on the metaphorical totem pole of priorities.
1: But that's just kind of the, the beginning, you know, because you create the site, then you need to maintain, protect the site. So, you know, really the, the commitment from government agencies on both sides is very important, too, for, for the sustainability of the site.
0: He is not scared. When asked where he gets his motivation, he says.
1: The joy of knowing that I'm doing a good thing. That, that what I'm doing is the right thing to do. I see the birds and I, I, and I say, oh, they are pretty happy here. It's not scientific indicator. <laughs> it's my indicator. And you just know.
0: Back at Laguna Grande, it is mid-morning and the heat of the day reminds me of hard work my sweat connecting me to those who have fought before me for justice and for beauty and for equality. He continues.
1: Were, a, a board member was asking me, a board member of Institute was asking me, hey, you know, that's great, but it's so, so big, I mean, so much to restore, and it's just going to take more years, but we can show that it can be done, and and, and we are doing it.
0: He is doing it. Fifteen years ago, it was Francisco in this huge issue, alone and stagnant. Now there are 34 employees with an office and a tangible dream.
1: Like now we are where we wanted to be 17 years ago. And, and that's a big deal.
0: America has stepped backwards, but Francisco encourages us to be brave and to venture into wide mudflats without a walking stick. Although we may fall, it is worth it to pull ourselves up and keep going, each step pushing closer to a river flowing fresh to the sea. With perseverance like Francisco's, mud will one day become water, and birds and fish will return to live and to breathe in the delta.
1: There is still a lot to be done, and you are part of that. The life doesn't end here.
0: Stand up. Start walking. It's time to work. For National Public Lands Radio, I'm Sophie Pokish.